0: Welcome to First Generation Burn, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Too and I'm your host. This is episode 40, a big four zero. Thank you for continuing to listen. I appreciate all of you. This episode, we have two great guests focused on Fashion Week, uh, which is currently happening right here in New York City. If you don't follow that world, you're going to have a deep dive into a lot of that with our guests Kadeem Hudson and Joanna Pauline. So we have two separate interviews. Kadeem is a male model and artist. His family's from Jamaica. He's walked at Fashion Week here in New York and in Paris for brands like Karan Preston and Romeo Hunt. Also, he was part of the Nike Cultivator crew. Um, We talk about the mindset that it takes to be backstage, how you walk, gender neutrality, and also how you present yourself in that space. It's a really interesting conversation. And then right after that, we have an interview with Joanna Pauline who is a model in the beauty space, uh, originally from the Philippines. She's shot for Puma, Mac, Macy's, Maybelline, Instagram. Uh, She's done a lot of work, and you've probably seen her around. In today's episode overall, we talk about beauty standards, the way you present yourself in that world when you are the piece of art, and also we talk about how you explore an unconventional career path when you come from a conservative immigrant background. And both of these conversations were recorded at Listening Party over Canal Street Market. So they're going to be one right after the other. First up is Kadeem Hudson, and then right afterwards, Joanna Pauline. Here's our first conversation. Cool. Tuned in. Tuned in. Kadeem Hudson, thanks for coming through to Listening Party Studios over <laughs> Canal Street Market. <laughs> um, for First Generation Burden, I appreciate you. Of um, It's so good to be seeing you in IRL again. Last time I saw you, was over Nike headquarters, and we did that big group shot with all the NYC cultivators. Make a history, yo.
1: That was dope. Yeah. That was dope. That was like a monumental time in my life. Like, wow. I bet like, it was. We did that.
0: We did that. For real. Shout out to the cultivator crew. Although they changed their name recently. I forgot what the name was. I didn't that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's dope, though, because they got Nike in the name. It's more, I think it's more... Uh, more, more inclusion within that community or more mm-hmm. uh, credibility within the community. And I know before that, I saw you IRL. We spotted each other
2: right. at, at a ballroom
0: so. event, uh, ballroom voguing situation, which is dope. I saw dope. Slick Woods there. She was yeah. there.
1: And then... Uh, super random.
0: Super random. And then we, we spotted each other It was like, yo, you doing your thing? You're doing your thing. It was all love. So I appreciate you for that.
1: Same, man. That energy... It's needed in New York. So we have to, like, spread it as much as we can, you know? For sure. It's a big deal.
0: Um, Very big deal. You're a big (laughs) deal, Uh, literally and figuratively. (laughs) Uh, For the listener, we're in a tiny-ass box, and uh, Kadim is a a tall, tall individual (laughs) holding it down um, in the box and on the runway, so... (laughs) Uh, she's making me realize that I am all of five, six. <laughs> no, it's lit. It's lit. It's lit. Uh, so the way we begin this podcast is that everyone that comes on here tells a little bit about who they are and where they're from. And I would
1: love for you to kick us off. So my name is Kadeem Hudson, and I'm originally from Florida. Aye. From a little city called Lauder Hill, Florida. Aye. Where's your family from? So my family's from Jamaica. Aye. Aye. And yes, one is uh, from like the Negro area, so it's more touristy kinda mm-hmm. and then my dad is from uh St Mary, She's right. like more like a country country, like oh super really chill. yeah, and you were born in Florida born in Florida All right. born and raised that's cool and uh was there a lot of Jamaican culture growing up? Yeah, it's weird because like where I grew up, it was literally like they call it Jamaica Hill <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> they call it Jamaica Hill literally everyone was either like of Caribbean descent or just Jamaican oh really yeah it was cool though because it felt like a home and in, in another home that yeah. makes sense yeah man so that was cool i think also just like having that to give them that comfort for my parents at least yeah gave them a lot of comfort being in america being in a whole new space and being able to have people that are like-minded and kind of been through what you've been through yeah
0: yeah been through what you've been through so when it came to that that community. What was the inciting reason that you know family wanted to emigrate to America?
1: I feel like they just really wanted better. Yeah. For themselves and for me. Thankfully, they were thinking about me before I was even thinking about me. Yeah. <laughs> but they were yeah. thinking
0: about me before I was even thinking about me.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, God forbid, I was in Jamaica growing up. Like, I would have had a whole different life. You know, a whole different lifestyle. So. Yeah. So I'm just super thankful, really, because they they thought about that. Like, no, we want this. Mm. We want this and we're just going to leave and not have and go through certain struggles even. Yeah. You know, so that's always cool.
0: You're obviously you live in New York now. Yes. Uh, What was your transition from there to here? And also you are a model. You're you're a male model, um, and you very much look the part as well. Like what what's what's that journey like for you? Because that's obviously it's a different creative space, different creative headspace, and also um, I'm sure you have people telling you that, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like you should probably step on a runway, runway or play basketball or something. (laughs) Like what what was what were you hearing as as a youth growing up?
1: Uh, definitely the basketball, for sure. <laughs> First year in basketball, and then I actually ended up playing football in high school, which was a cool experience. It taught me a lot about myself and, like, team and, like, how to work with people. So that was cool. But, yeah, growing up, it was that, but it's also, like, the cookie cutter. Like, go and get a degree. Mm. Like, be a doctor. Like, be a lawyer. Yeah. You're into computers, so go get a tech degree. Right. And at least that way, you know you'll be fine and you know, you can work things out that way.
0: Were you on that track for a little bit after high school? I was weird enough.
1: <laughs> I have a, a whole computer science degree. Do you really? <laughs> oh, where'd you go to college? Um, I went to ITT Tech, okay. which is also like a weird... It was just because it seemed like, okay, you get on this track and then like, it's going to be a fast track to getting a job. And then from getting a job, it'll be a good paying job. Yeah. And then your life will be set, basically. Theoretically. And or you'll just be you'll totally be on the mouse opposite. wheel for the rest of your life. It was totally opposite. It was a scam, <laughs> it was a freaking scam, and they got me. But I'm talking to Sally Mae right now, and we're figuring it out. Oh, there you go. But yeah, that was crazy. But it was in the moment. I think it was really just having a plan B, if you will. Cause I knew in my in my heart I always wanted to do something more creative. Yeah, I just didn't know how to even enter that space or how to even get into that space. And any like where I grew up, I didn't even have that that outlet. I had one art class growing up. Yeah, one. Wow. From first grade to twelfth grade, one <laughs> art class. That's fucking crazy. That is crazy. Like what? And you are art. So it's like to have me, you know, and it's, it's all, all that is also like communal as well. Like where I come from, it's mainly just it's it's lower income homes, it's black people, it's Hispanics, it's different types of people. So it's like it's I don't get that that opening.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Thankfully, like I was in a magnet program. So like I got bussed out to like this other school, which was cool. But even in that, it's like you have to be privileged in a certain sense. To get that opportunity,
0: in what capacity? What does that mean? Privilege so like, so, within that context.
1: So, like you have to have like a three point five GPA. Oh, okay. If you don't have a, like a certain, if you don't have certain things going for you, you can't go to, the, to go to these schools.
0: Okay, that sounds more like hard work than privilege. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're right, but I also feel like even the the kids who aren't who don't have that intellect, they should be able to have that art that art outlet as well. You know. So how
0: does that transition from you, uh, from you, doing that to becoming a model i'm still trying to understand like how does this happen how does this happen to you
1: i feel like ah, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like literally everyone telling you like why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that and then you just kind of succumb to it like then really and then a part of me always felt like i had something to share to the world yes i just didn't know how or what exactly it was going to be yeah, I knew it had to be with myself and just me being myself and being in spaces, but I didn't understand how that was gonna transcend or how it was gonna even come to life, if you will.
0: Yeah. So, so. then, what was the first thing? What's the first thing?
1: Um, a designer hits me up. His name is Kenneth Nicholson. Okay. Um, it's for Fashion Week. Okay. And he's Men's like, Fashion Week. He was like, here yeah, in New York. Here in New York. He was like, I want you to um, to do my show, and I'm like really yeah wow okay cool <laughs> and i'm like wow this is like a real thing like it's gonna be like at spring Studios. it's gonna be a whole thing yeah wow and that was like my first ever show my real show and i was like oh wow it's really happening
0: right and then what was that experience like backstage walking um you know being in the frenzy of that scenario and then having it be over and then just going home because that's a that's a uh, high that's a big tight rope and then you have to come off the ledge right
1: yes anxiety
0: yeah I want to hear what's the emotional experience talk, talk me through it
1: uh, it's really a matter of you just wanting to just do everything correctly because at the end of the day it is a job yes so you just want to do your job right fit the clothes correctly and at the end of the day make the designer really really happy yeah you know so that's really it
0: when when that first reach out happened what did you think did you think that even the brand aligned to you did did you feel that like i would wear this does that is that a part of a decision making process for you but also when you show up in the back and this is more of an an emotional thing
1: yes
0: um do you start to compare yourself to everyone in the back like what what is i want to hear that part
1: so that's a big part (laughs) for sure because if you booked it, and then someone else booked it, so then you're, you're almost in, like, a, a class, if you will, even in that, in yeah, that era. even cause, that show. Because, like, oh, well, we all got this show, so it's, it, it, now we're at a certain level, if you will. Right. And if
0: that season pops
1: off, too, it's like, yo,
0: it's part of that season, yada, yada, yada.
1: So it's a, it's a weird class thing in there, and then it's also the part of, like, so he looks like that, but I look like this, so maybe I should be looking like that, and... It's that, that word, give and take, is also kind of weird as well. So, like, being strong in yourself as a model is, is a very big thing. Yeah. And knowing yourself.
0: Did that, does that mess with your head at all?
1: Definitely. I feel like every model I've talked to backstage, they're like, oh, well, I have to do this and I got to do this. And even eating and fitness and your mental, it plays a really, really big part in right. you doing this. And, they, and people see Molly and they're like, oh, it's cute and it looks almost easy. But the back part of it is literally crazy. I bet. Like going to a fitting and being there for seven hours and then having to like make sure that you look a certain way and that your face is like this and your body is like that. Right. And also like your mental. Because even now, like that's another market that I do want to tap into more is like health and like fitness. Yes. Because it's it's such a big deal. It is such a big deal. If you're not mentally right, a lot of things will not align. Even in the, like, if again, it goes back to like universe and like alignment and what is for you is for you. If your brain is not clicking right and not really having that, that mental capacity, it's just not gonna work. Yeah. It's just not gonna work. Cause you're gonna get a bunch of no's and then you're gonna probably get one big yes. Right. That's like you didn't even know that came straight, like super left, huh. that you weren't even looking for almost.
0: Was that is that part of your experience in the beginning, or even possibly now, where you're you're guided down a certain path because people are are giving you positive feedback, and they're saying like you should probably do this, you'd be good at that. So you start exploring that space, and then you start seeing that you're good at that space, you're excelling in that space, and then you start asking for things in the space, but then people start saying no. Sometimes <laughs> does that get weird? Definitely. Just to start hearing the no's and start understanding that there's what what the nuance is or like how you're best serving
1: that ask if I'm making sense. Definitely. Definitely. Because it's it's almost like you said yes, 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 but then you say no. Yeah, what does that no? That no feels weird. So like, is this for me? Should I be doing this? I think that's also a mental thing that I'm sure all artists go through, not only just not only models. If you're creative or you're into entertainment, to hear no's, and then to know that you've gotten these yeses, it's it, 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 it does play with your mental.
0: Yeah, that is like, weird.
1: It's like, mm.
0: it's like I got that big yes, but then this no is for this thing that I don't even really want to do. Why would you say no to that thing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Yeah, Literally. for real. Yeah, it's interesting.
0: Uh, when it comes to the walk down a runway, do you have something specific there? Or how, how was that learning experience?
1: I think it's, it's a constant learning experience, because even in that, some designers will want you to walk a certain way. So you have to almost learn or relearn sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. But it's, What's that first one like? The first walk.
0: Yeah, the first walk. Uh, really? Just making sure you're not tripping?
1: Not tripping, for sure. And not moving your hips too much. Hmm not moving your hands around too much, you really want to be a walking hanger.
0: Yes. Okay. So that's
1: why even, like, your diet and, like, what you're eating and how the clothes fit you, all these things, they play a big role because you literally need to look like a, a walking hanger.
0: And how how is that nuance between uh, a male and a female walk? Because uh, I, I presume that, like, you know, body types obviously dictate different uh, kinetic chain dynamics. Definitely. You know, um, so... Is there another thought process there?
1: I think possibly, but I think we're also going into a, into a, a, a era, rather, where it's like everything is like, there's, sex isn't put on to, yeah, or gender, rather, isn't really put on to clothes. Yes, it's, that's another thing I want to talk about, it's, too. It's, 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 a, lot, a lot of things are changing where you will have men wearing this or that or women wearing this or that. That wouldn't be stereotypically correct. Right. So there's
0: a there's gender neutrality within the apparel itself. I remember when I was when I was employed at Nike um, back in uh, 2015 to 2017. Mm-hmm. They were talking specifically within color theory about gender neutrality. And and how certain color dynamics that were traditionally quote unquote male, tra- quote unquote female, mm-hmm. when those were the only two genders that we would openly discuss about, uh, um, you know, there there was the inter there was the intermingling of color theory that kind of blew that out of proportion than gender neutrality was such a big conversation. Um, But even all the way down to like kids, you know, and instilling the idea that, um, that you didn't have to be put in a box or put in a lane um, at any stage in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that, that's really interesting.
1: And that's tough because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people, they go through it. You know, you grow up and you're like, you're supposed to like blue. Yeah. You're supposed to like that color. Yeah, for sure. You can't go out of that color. So like, yeah, it's 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 interesting, but it's cool. Like when you, can, when you can be able to get gain independence, yeah, and know what you like, know what you don't like, and stand in that, yeah, no matter what or who tells you what or what's cool, what's not cool, what's on trend.
0: Right. How do you navigate? I guess the seasonal, cyclical nature of what you do. You know, like uh, I know that men's fashion week is coming up real soon Mm -hmm. is that something that you have to plan for like what happens what
1: definitely 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 yeah (laughs) so fitness for sure has to be
0: like there's an off-season on-season type of thing
1: i feel like it's a thing where it's when you go to the gym it's like another day in the office if you will or at the office if you will that's really how you have to look at things because you want to work you want it to be working for you and not for it working for you, if that makes sense. Yeah. Be, yeah. You want it you, to work for you. Yeah, you don't want to be waiting for an opportunity. You want to be the opportunity. You want to be ready at, at all times. times. Yeah. And and even have your own stuff going on. Because even in that, like, I consider myself an artist. Like, I don't want to just dumb myself just one thing. Of course. You know, so I have... I'll try to make you're, sure I'm you're having... You're a creative presence. Definitely. 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 So, I just... always want to have certain things going on for myself and working on certain things for myself. Yeah. My own soul fulfillment, you know?
0: For sure. And what exists there? Like, how do do you find that soul fulfillment?
1: Uh, Just really finding things that really rock with you. Like, for me, I love creating, like, performance art and going out in the woods and, like, taking pictures. Right. Which could, it, it could be considered a bit different. But, like, even for me, like, I want to be in a museum one day with my own prints and, like, my own thoughts and ideas that i I want to bring to life you know so like it's a whole bunch of different facets if you will but i feel like it's just a matter of you really figuring out what you what really screams to your soul what makes your soul feel like yes this is like it makes you almost like you almost want to cry almost it's like wow this really hits yeah and you're telling you're you're bearing it out to the world you know
0: do you feel that it's a connection like uh, that it is about connecting and feeling that your body and your soul and your energy is in
1: tune most definitely most definitely that's a big part because then it's like what are you doing it for because the money's gonna come all that's all that other great stuff is gonna come but if you're not doing it for that, that 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 feeling then why are you doing it yeah to me that that's just kind of weird, even <laughs> like, <laughs> oh to 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 do something that you don't like, yeah, or to just be in spaces just because it's on trend, yeah, that is weird, oh it's oh, this is cool right now, so I'm gonna do this <laughs> everyone's everyone's hopping on this plane, I'm gonna do this now, like I just find that super weird, yeah,
0: you gotta hit the algorithm, <laughs> for, for sure, I know the I was offline <laughs> earlier about the algorithm and but manipulation of said algorithm, but yeah, that's a little weird. I, I'm in a... Per, 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 excuse me. <laughs> Personally, I'm, I'm in a space right now of, A, not wanting to do things I don't want to do. Right, <laughs> uh, right. But also trying to reinforce what what my offering is so that I can just keep manifesting more of that thing that I know I'm good at. Right. It's like, I know I'm right. dope at that thing. You know I'm dope at that thing. Why are we... Why? Who are we kidding right now?
1: And it's destiny. It really. is destiny, yeah. Like, it's it's for you. It's It was for you before you even came here. Yeah. It's...
0: It was for you before you even came here. I remember you said that at the ballroom event to me. Oh, shit. Yeah. And there was like like a a situation happening (laughs) near us over at Soho House. I was like, yo, fucking, I'm getting bombs dropped on me right now. Yeah. It's like Kadeem's holding it down, dropping knowledge.
1: No, man. It's a thing. And we all need this because it's not easy navigating these spaces. And when you have something on your heart that says that, no, I should be here yeah no i need to do this no i should talk to that person no i should do this yeah it's for a reason that's
0: true it is for a reason reason. um i want to talk a little bit about some of the people you've walked for and like some of what you think i I see you walk for her Preston. am i wrong in thinking that
1: so I i was invited to his show in paris oh really yeah that was cool how was that experience it was it was really really cool you know what it's like he's a visionary he is he is, and he gets. He's a visionary a, slash DJ. Right, right. <laughs> did he DJ his own after party? He actually DJ'd the Louis V after party. He <laughs> party did. Room. He did. Oh,
0: but because him and Virgil are boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then they'll do sets together.
1: Yes, that was that was definitely an experience. I feel like just being in Paris in general and being around so many like-minded people. Yeah, it was really, really an, ex- an experience. And just to kind of know that what you're doing is not. It's valid, you know. Like it, there are people out here doing the work, right? And and doing the hard work at that. It's not easy.
0: It's not easy. It's not easy being the the face of it, but doing the actual thing, and then also dealing with the pitfalls and the potential of right. failure because it is because you don't your know. Face. You don't know.
1: You don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you really don't. Uh, what What are other um, big uh, big markers and uh, big runway walks that you've done?
1: so i've also walked for uh romeo hunt he's also a designer a black designer and um yeah he's he's really um forwarded to like athletes and that whole deal so th- that was really really cool to have that opportunity
0: yeah do you do you find yourself getting typecast in certain spaces or like what what do you usually get calls for because i know that you know I think everyone in the creative space deals with it—the level of representation and what they're bringing to the table in terms of identity. Yes. What do you see that people are using you for in a way to project? You know, part of their vision as well. Like, how do you fit
1: in their vision, if that makes sense? Definitely. So for him, a bit of that for sure, because I am tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're tall. We've (laughs) established. Right, right, right. I'm that guy. So. (laughs) <laughs> so so from that that spectrum definitely but i definitely feel like um even in past a different other show i did which was um for his name is vasilis vasilis and he's more like on a non-binary yeah like gender fluid Hell realm, yeah. and i feel like i i even though that is a facet for me i feel like i'm also in that facet as well where i do um understand and respect not putting gender on certain things. Yeah, and of course. Just being yourself, and if you want to wear that, wear that, and if you want to do that, do that, and it doesn't intersect whatever it is that you have going on. Right. So that was a cool experience because I never got to be in that kind of a realm. Right. You know, exactly. Where I have on earrings, and you know, I'm, I got on tights, and you <laughs> know, my outfit is super, super left, but it's it's super cool at the same time. That's you know? so dope. Because at the same time, it's it's still a a a, a, a voice for me. Yeah, That makes sense.
0: Yeah. So are the terms male model? That's an outdated model. That's an outdated term, yes? Or is that still
1: used? I think it's still used. It's still used? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. I just want to make sure is. I got my my things right. Because <laughs> I'm I'm more discovering within the space. Mm. You know?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Not as a model, more just asking you, the actual model. <laughs> <laughs> um that's so cool. yeah, for sure. So what are you preparing for when it comes to uh fashion week this year anything anything crazy
1: yeah so I think this week th- this weekend <laughs> it's like next Mine week next week yeah so I Shit. feel like this season is gonna be definitely interesting I actually have a mother agent this time around Yeah. who are you signed with so she's her name is Christy she, uh, her model agent is called Dot Models Dot Models are right. yes cool. so this should be a very cool journey yeah <laughs> cause everything I have done thus far has been with no management Oh, work. actually, I did have manager, management at one point, but that was short-lived. <laughs> and then, yeah, and um, so, yeah, a, a lot of it has been me just navigating spaces and me just putting myself out there. Yes. And opportunities laying themselves in in front.
0: What is it, when it comes to the preparation, I know you talk about the physical, like being in the gym constantly, getting ready for the fittings and mm-hmm. things like that. But now that you're more seasoned, um, you've done, you know, you have big experiences, you had Paris experiences. Do you feel that you're, you're more tuning in? Do you feel like you have a process down? Or do you feel definitely. like you're still discovering?
1: I feel like I'm definitely in the mastery phases
0: the mastery phases yes i'm gonna start saying that Yes, i'm in the mastery phases now
1: because there's certain things that you you understand and it's it's above you sometimes if you will like yeah it's that that's not your fight to fight you know what i mean and again destiny is destiny what's for you is for you yeah it's not going to go around you that's so interesting
0: yo i might ask you to be my uh my life coach <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. You know, we love multifaceted. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> no, for sure. Because I, it's because even up to now, I've thankfully I've I was able to like build a foundation, if you will. Yes. But even in that, it was a lot of like here and there, and that big thing happens, and then a lot of here and there, and then that big thing happens, and then a lot more here and there. So it's you build yourself, if you will. Yeah, and then it really gives you another respect for when people say, "I'm an artist." Yes, I'm a male model. Right, I am this, I'm that, because it's literally a lot of blood. It's literally blood and tears. It is, yeah, blood, sweat, and tears, and people don't know it because they see the the beautiful part of it. They see the pictures on Instagram.
0: When you're yeah, when you're do when you're
1: doing all that, and
0: then when you're uh, when you are manifesting, mm-hmm. right, uh, and then uh, there is a bit of that social media upkeep. How do you feel with that pressure? Were, were you? It's a were you lot of pressure. That? It's and
1: so I'm much still, pressure. I'm still handling it in not the probably the right ways, but I'm still figuring it out because I do leave. Mm. And Leave with, social media. Leave social media. Oh,
0: you go like LeBron James,
1: Left like field. Zero
0: Dark 30.
1: I'm gone. Yeah. Deuces. Y'all have fun. <laughs> and a part of my quote unquote job and being creative like it is a tool that we're supposed to be using mm. to help us in these different spaces that we possibly can't tap into
0: and that's enforced upon you to some degree <sighs> yeah but, but it's enforced I feel upon me as a creative
1: it's tough man because sometimes i do want that mental break i don't want to take a picture today i don't want to show like i i just want to like be in a cave and Eat ice cream and just like be normal, if you will. Just like take all those pressures away. You yes. Know? So I'm still figuring it out though. Definitely, because it's it's not easy. it yeah. Goes back to that. Like people think that it's like, a bunch of Fruit Loops and like. <laughs> oh yeah! Did you did you walk honey. for Fruit Loops too? <laughs>
0: Did that Fruit Loops runway walk? <laughs> right. Yo, right. actually, you know what I was thinking? This is a complete aside. I love it. But I was thinking uh from an advertising campaign perspective, yes. I'm surprised that there hasn't been like some sort of stunty, like uh Doritos fashion show. You know what I mean? Because they they've done shit where uh Pizza Hut has done a sneaker. Yeah. They've done stuff where uh White Castle had uh I'm seeing faces about uh, the uh, the Pizza Hut sneaker. Uh, but I've seen stuff where there's like a, the White Castle or the um, the KFC, like a streetwear brand. Mm-hmm. How I'm amazed that some of these uh, more uh, casual consumer brands mm-hmm. haven't done that because they have the money to right. rent out a space. Right,
1: right. You
0: know, you've had fucking Skittles, Broadway musicals. Mm-hmm. Why are we not doing that?
1: Hmm. I don't is that know. a weird thing to ask? No, but I feel like,
0: hmm. and then maybe it sullies or it taints the idea of fashion. But I'm thinking more of a disruption sense.
1: I like that though. I think like disrupting is also a sense of art, and it's also needed. Yeah. So I'm not mad at it. I mean, I remember. I think Cheetos did something with Cheetos did some kind of a fashion. Something. Oh, did they? But they we didn't see know. the we didn't see Couture know. Cheetos though. We did not see Couture. <laughs>
0: Can we go on Couture Cheetos? Actually, can... No, you're right. But even yeah, in but those next, spaces, you're right. Yeah. Next week, could you just throw the phrase Couture Cheetos around? Yes. Couture Cheetos. And then let me know if it let me know if there's a you know if it if it gets traction, then
1: just you know trace it back to me. Oh man, that's hilarious. No, but you're totally right.
0: Yeah, i'm more the, I'm amazed that more disruption doesn't happen. If anything, the most disruptive stuff was probably, I guess, from a, a household name perspective, was yeah. when. Was when Kanye and Yeezy started presenting at uh, Fashion Week, mm-hmm. and then there was a big, a, a bit of a, a, a hullabaloo around that. Mm-hmm. But there isn't, you know, there's still some modicum of, of taste supposedly.
1: Yes, yes,
0: yeah. I would just, I would just get a whole warehouse and be like, here you go, we're gonna, we're gonna Doritos this bad boy
1: up. <laughs> Doritos and Gucci.
0: Yeah, exactly. Doritos and Gucci. Although Gucci Mane has teamed up with Gucci,
1: which is really dope, and it's, it's a long time coming. Super
0: long time coming.
1: I feel like even He's like in, in that, the
0: suds. And for a second I was like, wait, is that Gucci made?
1: And what's crazy is that like I've been listening to Gucci since I was like a child. Like I literally grew up on Gucci. Oh yeah. Spring and Breakers. S- and since then he's been talking about doing something with Gucci. And it makes sense. And now look. Yeah. A manifestation.
0: A manifestation. I feel like it happened. I wish it would have happened a couple years ago. So it would have been more of a surprise. Mm. Now it feels like it's like more like it was overdue yeah, right? It, like it's on the right, other side of the bell curve, right. but, but Hey, more power to the fact that it happened. You know what I'm saying? Right.
1: And it, it, again, it goes to shows that sometimes you don't know, but you put these things out and you put these things out. And if you want it, it will come.
0: Yeah. You'll get that energy back. It will, for come. sure. I want to talk a little bit about the Nike cultivator projects mm-hmm. because you and I have the shared experience. Yes. I know we talked about it a little bit up top, but, uh, so for the listener, and I feel like I've over-talked about this on the podcast, but I've never talked about it on the mics with someone who also had the same experience. Mm. Where you're reached out to by this uh, company, or no, you, no, we reached out to them, and then right. we were approved.
1: Right, right. There was right. a bit of that. The approval process.
0: About a bit of the ask. Yes. We had to ask for it, yes. and then we had to hear a yes. <laughs> and then once you hear a yes, then you're put into this whirlwind of like, Oh my God, now I have to go do it. Because it's a lot of work. Right. It's a shit ton of work. Right. And it's the utilization of your resources, your people, your energy. And, you know, you got to make money. I Literally. have to make money. And I have to, uh, not, not necessarily money of the sneakers, but we have, to, we have to pay our rent. Right. Right. And this is an aside to that. Right. And it's a distraction, some might think. So it's a commitment Definitely. of time. And what, what was your mental process going in the door were you like, I want to do that thing? Uh, or did someone tell you about that, too? Like, how was it brought to your attention? Then how, how did that process go for you?
1: So I was literally going through a lot of crap in that moment, funny enough. Um, I had a lot of great things happening. I just got back from Paris. Um, I was... I just got, I did something with Netflix. Um, that was cool. So, so I, so I guess we had a lot of great things happening. For great you. things happening, but also I just was, was not very happy in myself. So like a lot of things that were like just regular things like housing and, and like money to, money to get food to eat. And just like figuring stuff out, just, you know, because I feel like I I haven't had a nine to five in, I want to say like two years. Yes. Love that power to that and it's been a very interesting ride (laughs) it's been a very interesting ride so like i just got back and it's like now i have to like figure stuff out again i'm back in new york like gotta get this done gotta get that done gotta get a new lease gotta get this gotta get that yes so i was going through a lot and then i saw that and i was like "Uh, amidst all this bullshit i'm going through i'm still gonna just do this and see what happens Mm. And then I got an email back saying that they're interested, but I have to go through this process of whatever to approve, whatever, whatever. So I'm like, at that point, I'm like, is this even real? Like, mm. But I'm like, said Nike at the bottom. I think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> the legal copy look, right? Right. But then like, yeah, so the yeah, end, then they were like, yeah, we, we like your story. And I'm like, wow. You're Nike mm. and you like my story. And you got a shoe. And I got a freaking shoe. You got a shoe. Wow.
0: And uh it was one of the two seventy Reacts, which yeah. is a great model.
1: I love that shoe.
0: Shout out to Dylan Rash, the designer of that model. It's great. It's really comfortable model.
1: They're dope shoes. And I I just it was, and again, it was like super left, but it was also some something that was almost destined.
0: Yes. Remember we talked
1: about that at the ballroom event too. Yeah, we, t- we talked about the destiny of that. Like we couldn't really go around that, even if we tried. If almost like.
0: Yeah, I, f- I felt like, for me, the Nike experience overall was something I was just always headed there. I, w- I was always meant to intersect there. Right, right. Yeah, being being right. in the Oregon, also even in this capacity, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be, and also with this MTV thing that I'm doing. Uh, with Alignment doors. though. Alignment, yeah. So, I love that. So while you were doing it, how were you, what was your actual strategy? Did you have strategy walking in the door? Because there, we had to release within a certain amount of time. We had to promote within a certain amount of time with the creator own assets. I, I want to talk more tactile. How did you think
1: that way? So I was like, okay, I'm going through this shit. How am I going to turn this pain into like beauty. <laughs> Call the shoe hope. Because <laughs> that's what I need right now. I need hope in my life. Oh, my God. And then, like...
0: <laughs> How am I going to turn this pain into beauty? That's real.
1: Yeah. Very real. So, I was like, it, need, it, it needs to be right. And it needs to, again, it needs to have that soul fulfillment for myself. Yeah. That what I'm putting out there isn't just anything. It needs to have a deep connection to me and what I am going through right now. and right. what Possibly a lot of people are also going through in possibly very similar spaces where like yeah. creative spaces where like they're going, they had this going on, but then they had that. But then the, the ups and downs, like you had this going, but then that's happening, but then this happened, that's
0: happening. Yeah.
1: You know, that's also like a thing that happens to creatives a lot, I'm, I'm sure. You know, you have these highs and lows. So yeah, I'm like, I think people will probably be able to understand this because they're possibly going through the same shit. Mm. So.
0: And then when that happened, what was the pop on that? Like were, were all your people's like, yo... Kadeem just did that. What was, I want to hear the reaction. Cause it's a big moment.
1: Yeah. Uh, my mom was like screaming. She was like, wow, wow. And I feel like even in that, it kind of made, cause again, my parents are both Jamaican and they have this, you know, this narrative of what you're supposed to be like when you're, okay, when you get older and follow this, these footsteps and then you'll be successful and you'll be a millionaire and you can get the big house and take the parents on vacation and (laughs) you know and um i just chose the harder route if you will
0: (laughs) sure 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 yep you still got (laughs) to get your parents that house so right right so for them
1: to see like things fruition from me being this artist yes it was it it was cool for her to see that what i'm doing in new york it, it has some there's a method to the madness if you will yeah so, that was cool. The,
0: the fruits of your labor are materializing. Definitely, they're visualizing.
1: Definitely. And then, with the friends, no one kind of believed it. It was like, wow, it's re- this is really happening. And then, when I showed them the shoe, then they're like, oh, shit, it's really real. Yeah. And then, in my head, like, yeah. It's kind of the same thing is going through their head. It's like, with my head, like, wow, this is really freaking real. <laughs> so, this is really happening. Yeah, this is the thing. How, like, how about you? Like, how was that for you, like... Oh, for me? When was it real? Like, wow, this is really freaking happening. You're getting a shoe.
0: (laughs) You know, uh, that's, yeah, it was a mind trip. Because I had that you, I had, I think, the unique experience of physically working there. Mm. Like working there. Living in Portland, Oregon. I talked about it here a shit ton. So the listeners (laughs) don't need to hear that story. But so I'd work there, made shoes, but never made shoes that I could wear. Mm. And also never had the experience of telling a personal story through footwear and one that was meaningful to me and one that I could put out there and say, like, you know what? Here's my identity in this. And here and here is something it it was I felt it was like, here's a piece of me for you. You Mm -hmm. being like the. Global universal you, right. or I guess only in North America because they couldn't ship internationally. Right, right. <laughs> Although I have people in the Philippines be like, "Yo, yeah, I got I got my cousin to ship it out to blah blah." I was like, but then they did post a photo like four months later. <clears throat> um, so I, I I remember when it first happened. I thought, wow. Um, also felt like it was a a nice button and a a nice. Uh, uh, emotional resolution to my time there, so that I could I could say that I really maximized my mm. value there, in in all accounts mm. where I was yes. within the organization doing it as a as one of you know a, one of the talented members of their amazing teams like mm-hmm. so shockingly good, like so good like everyone makes you sick right <laughs> you know you just walk down the halls like, where, uh, it's Oregon obviously. Uh, but then you'll just go to this one microcosm of a place, mm-hmm. and then you'll, people look like they're from outer space. Like, how is this person so cool out so here good. in the middle of nowhere? Love it. Because that's the power of, of a brand, power of a company. Yes. So then I want to come back to New York, and then this op- and then I work at MTV, and mm-hmm. that's fun. Um, but then, but I'm still buying sneakers. I still pay for my sneakers. Um, if anyone from Nike, Adidas, Puma, or whatever, I have no allegiances. Just want to get me that plug so I can just start repping that shit. Yes. But I, when I post, I'm I'm paying dollars for it. Gotcha. Uh, so my when I no when when the shoot happened, I was able to tell a story and get that closure. You know, and and feel that I I had really maximized and done the most, yes. done the most in the way that I could, and also yes. facilitated energy because I cared about a cause. Yes. You know, yes, yeah. So that's how I felt. That's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> but then it was the hard part. I'm sure it was the same thing for you. Like, you have to post all the time about yeah. it. Yeah, fuck up your algorithm with it. Yes, and and you start thinking it's like, oh, my followers sick with
1: this shit. Like, what? How do they feel about that? But you know what? One thing I I will say is the shock value was great. Yes. Because then everyone's like in a frenzy, like, what, 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 what? Right. It's kind of like, what, what, And then you
0: get the, the articles about it, like sneaker news, like say, hey, there's a cultivator thing. Mm-hmm. There was a beast article about mm-hmm. it. Draws way more attention. I remember when I was at work, just because the algorithm popped off so hard because we're in New York mm-hmm. and also because um, ecosystems, and and I knew you and I have common friends mm-hmm. in, the, in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So people at work be like, yo, you're in that thing. I was like, oh, that's weird. Don't talk to me about that. <laughs> I want to talk about work at the, in this meeting. Don't talk about this outside right, shit. Right. You know? Um, did you have to buy a bunch of pears for your friends?
1: <laughs> that was, <laughs> I'm still kind of mad about that. Really? Not, not mad. But I'm like, <laughs> you guys could have did that. Yeah, you could you guys could have done that. You even for like, yeah, you know. But it wasn't
0: cool. a cheap shoe. We'll say that. Right, right. That, it wasn't, that wasn't a too. cheap shoe. That too.
1: Well, that's rough on you. It was cool though. It's a great opportunity, and I learned a lot about myself. Yeah. And what I can do. Yes. And again, like I feel like, when you're an artist, quote unquote, like that's that should be a part of it. You know, like not putting yourself in just one box. Yes. Because you can do it.
0: Yeah. You can, you can limit on. yourself unintentionally. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So, Kadeem, this is so dope having you here. I love that we were able to to catch up like this. I love on this. the microphones.
1: This is actually really dope. Yeah. I love this whole setup.
0: Uh, I would love for you to tell the listeners a little bit about uh, what's coming up for you. Anything that's popping off. I'm probably gonna try to hit this around the time of Fashion Week, so it might be sooner than later.
1: Uh I'll be How out they on these find streets. You? So my social is Kadeem Hudson, same on Instagram and Twitter, spell K-A-D-E-E-M-H-U-D-S-O-N. And um, I'll be on these streets. <laughs> you will definitely see me out on these streets. Okay. And I'm going to be more social <laughs> on the gram, on Twitter, all that stuff. I'm going to start doing my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start doing my job. <laughs> But yeah, cool. we Yeah, here. All right. Amazing things are coming. Can't wait. And it's going to be, it's already lit. It's going to even get, get more and more lit. I believe it. Manifesting. Yes, yes. Kadeem, appreciate you. Appreciate you, man. This was beautiful. Love this. Uh, no. Do you, do you do any, are you doing
0: anything else that's fabulous? Like living the life of a model in New York City today? Oh,
2: not today the past the past like hello yeah there you go
0: (laughs) coming in loud and clear
2: nothing nothing super fabulous today the past few weeks have been a crazy whirlwind
0: oh i bet i saw you open up nasdaq a couple of days ago close it down yeah how did you do that what what was that about (laughs) have you ever done that before
2: No, I've never done it before. And it's actually funny because like a month prior, I was like, oh, I'm going to manifest a Times Square billboard. But I didn't exactly specify how I was going to manifest it. So literally the day before, uh, this organization that I work very closely with called Beauty for Freedom, we work with human trafficking survivors. Yes,
0: I want to talk about that.
2: Yeah, so they, they messaged me. They're like, hey, we're shutting down NASDAQ tomorrow. We'd love for you to be there. And I'm like yeah definitely. Wow. I'll be there so um they I was on set with Allure right before, and they actually had to move around the schedule for me because we were Allure late the magazine set. yeah, I was doing um editorial work with them, you know, like the hundred years of whatever, whatever videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. yeah, so have we, you done
0: a couple of those before?
2: Yes, I have. this was my fourth one and with
0: and them. that's mostly in the space of makeup beauty, fashion, yes, gotcha,
2: yeah. So they actually moved things around for me <laughs> on sets. That's so wise, cool. Hopped in a cab, almost didn't make it. And then I was there four minutes before we shut the bell down. <laughs> yeah.
0: What was the energy like at the NASDAQ?
2: It was cool. It was.
0: Is, are there people like, is there active floor? Like everyone's like making deals. Is it like a Wolf of Wall Street type of thing? And then it just like immediately stops and everyone goes home. What is that like?
2: Well, we were in the, I guess, the media room. So you know when you're walking around the NASDAQ building and then you see all the teleprompters and there's like a stage there? Yeah. So that's the room that we were in. So as far as the energy in there was, it was pretty cool. It was just like a few production people and then our organization and supporters. So it, it, it felt very like homey, also very like, wow, we're doing this, we're doing a great thing and yeah. trying to change some lives. So That's so cool. Yeah.
0: Um, so, Joanna Pauline, thank you for coming here to Listening Party Studios over Canal Street Market for First Generation Burden. Uh, I've known you for a little bit. We met first at the Style Box. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I did that little mural situation, then you were there as well, um, and it was really cool meeting you, and then we also recently worked on Undo Magazine, shout out to Undo Mag. Shout out. Yeah, those guys are awesome, and also worked with Ahmed Klink, uh, mm-hmm. one of my uh, dear, best and dearest friends. So uh, I, the way we begin this podcast is everyone that comes on tells a little bit of about who they are and where they're from, and I'd love for you to kick us off.
2: Okay, well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. It's been such a pleasure. You're dope. You're dope. (laughs) You are the dopest. You guys can't see it, but he's, like, fanning himself down right now.
0: No, I'm I'm telling Joanna to, like, talk more into the microphone.
2: (laughs) I thought it was that, yes, I'm dope, fanning myself down. That's the
0: first time that's ever... I make this motion a lot in here, but uh, I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to start fanning myself, but then also... Talking to the microphone.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um I was born in Manila. Yeah. And we moved when I was three years old to California for a few months and then from there moved to New York City. And I'm like a total Queens baby through and through. Oh, I yeah. lived all around. So we're in Queens. First we were in South Ozone Park and then we were in South Richmond Hill for a bit and that was kind of ghetto hmm. uh, but there was a lot of culture so it was cool and then we moved from there to flushing and then it was fresh meadows fresh meadows fresh meadows fresh meadows fresh meadows so many houses and fresh meadows you know it was like the typical Wait, why were you
0: moving around fresh meadows so much
2: well it was it was one of those things where we were constantly upgrading so in the Philippines you know like we had it all we my parents went to a good school my dad had a family business and he was like running a part of it and that was going well for a while until it didn't anymore Mm -hmm. and the family business kind of went under and my mom had like a good position at one of the best banks and it was one of those stories where my dad he had some medical condition with his eyes Mm. And he was supposed to be cross-eyed for the rest of his life. And he wasn't able to... Was this a
0: progressive disorder or something that had happened? Or was it an inciting incident?
2: It just happened. It just happened. It just wow. happened out of nowhere. It was okay. the weirdest thing. And the doctor said that he was supposed to stay cross-eyed for his whole life. How old were life. you at the time? I was a baby. Like, okay. I was just born.
0: Oh, in the PI.
2: Mm-hmm, Back in, in, in Manila. Yeah. It, w- it was one of those things where he couldn't really work properly and the family business wasn't doing as well as it used to It went under and he started working a job while he was cross-eyed as a tricycle driver which in the Philippines is like one of the lowest paying jobs that you can get so it was like this thing from man goes comes from a good school you know like has a good background ends up going cross-eyed and being a tricycle driver and my mom's like I don't want this life for us hmm. and she wanted my dad. and a
0: tricycle driver is like a like a pedicab type of situation mm-hmm. over there.
2: Yeah. And my mom was like, I want my husband to feel like a man. Yeah. So she basically gave up her really like her position at one of the best banks in the Philippines and was like, let's just let's let's just go to America. Huh. So he went first and at this point his eye condition was Better Like, it, it was supposed to be forever, and then it wasn't, and we ended up moving to America. My dad came first, and he was there for, like, anywhere from a few months to a year, and my mom stayed behind with me, hmm. and we were living with my grandma at the time until my dad, like, found a job and was, like, raising money to be able to, like, send us over, mm. and then from there... When I was three, we moved to l a and we lived there for a few months and then my mom got a job on the east coast and that's kind of what
0: what facilitated the queen's move
2: yeah so that's a,
0: that's an amazing thing for your mom to to want her husband to empower her husband yeah. to do that also uh, and for the listener too because we do talk to um various uh different uh, you know people from all walks of life as well as like you know different immigrant stories the the philippines is incredibly uh emasculated in a, in a lot of ways um it's not unlike the what dave chappelle said in one of his recent specials um the the idea that uh, there is the 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 brain uh, the brain drain of a country and um, and you know the overseas worker uh, situation with that nation as well there are a lot of um, a lot of the men there become um, um, homemakers as well as um, you know the the primary family caretakers at the house uh, which is which is awesome um, but also it does cause the situation of you know split families because there's usually a spouse in another country Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's I didn't know that you went through that that's interesting
2: yeah, it, it was only for about a few months to a year, but I I know so many families where they've been married for twenty years and they barely see their wife and their kids. Yeah. Or the the husband and wife will be in America and their child will continue to be raised by family members or family friends in the Philippines and they'll just like keep sending money home and providing for that child, making sure they get a good education and taking care of whoever's taking care of their kid. Mm-hmm. One of the things that has always reigned in my mind from what my mom would tell me growing up was, yes, you're you're in New York and you're in America, but you're Filipino and your Filipino culture does not leave you just because you're in another country.
0: That's fair. That's true.
2: And like I've never been to public school my whole life.
0: Oh, you went to a prom- Oh, you went to a Catholic school. I went to Catholic school. Oh, so did I.
2: Yeah. So they were like they they could never. What school over it, there? Really. Not Every, that I know. Oh my gosh! Everywhere I was at. Our Lady of Perpetual Help, and then I was in St. Michael's in Flushing, and then I was in St. Joseph's in Manhattan, and then I was in Holy Family for three years, and then I went to Archbishop Malloy for high school.
0: Archbishop Malloy. Yes. Wow. Okay.
2: Uh, shout out to the Stanners that are listening to this. <laughs> and then even college, I ended up going to St. John's. Like. Oh, yeah? So i Never been to public school. <laughs> Crazy. Well, so then how
0: do you get from that? I might. I'm jumping too far ahead. But then, how do you go from that to being a working model in New York? Oh
2: my god. So what? Is, what is that
0: transition? How do we get there?
2: I, okay. So I started modeling when I was in college because at St. John's. At St. John's, because at the time I was working life insurance and investments, and there was a panel. And it was a bunch of financial people from like Deloitte. And then there was one producer from BET. And I just Shout out to
0: Viacom CBS over at B.E.T. Yes.
2: Shout out to Mazan Ali. Um, and I shook hands with everyone, but ended up keeping in touch with Mazen And we just we met up and kind of just talked. It was one of those, oh hey, let me. Lend an ear to whatever you have going on. See if I can help you in any type of way. But then we we ended up just kicking it off, and I was talking to him about how much I wanted to do music and how it's always been a dream of mine. And yeah. he was like, "Why don't you just do it?" And
0: that's a fair challenge.
2: Yeah. And that was I that was the tipping point for me to really get started. And entertainment was wanting to be a music artist, and I was heavy, heavy in the underground music scene.
0: How do you navigate that because I know that early early it's hard to know who's real, who's not real and also to know to know that you're not being taken advantage of and you're not put in a bad situation.
2: Mm, I've been put in a few awkward situations. I bet. It was definitely a learn as you go thing because there's no like how do you become a model how do you become a music artist? How do you become an actress? Like we see everything, and it's on this big shiny pedestal, but there's no how-to guideline to really do it. Like n- there's no how to be safe when you're navigating through model mayhem. Like right, you don't you don't know. Model
0: mayhem is that something that is that a phrase?
2: No, it's a website <laughs> for oh. um photographers and models but it's like very underground and you don't always get the most legit stuff out of it oh
0: is it like the dark web for that or is it like reddit for i'm gonna google this right now
2: yeah google it google it (laughs) i mean i have met actually um the photographer jemiah wilson who was basically the photographer to get me signed because because the the stuff that we shot Oh, for my portfolio, smart, ended up getting me signed to state management, who is my agency now. Yes. Um, like Legit. Yes, like legitimately. So there is some legit stuff on it, but it's a lot of people that are also hobbyists or like guys that are just trying to get girls in their underwear. And it's like, oh, maybe I'll pay you, but maybe we can just collaborate and trade instead.
0: <laughs> Got
2: <laughs> <you>. <laughs> Heavy so. quotes on
0: collaborate. Yeah
2: yeah mm. or like yeah it, it gets pretty shady on there sometimes it's like craigslist for models got it there we go that is that
0: that's it yeah for yeah. sure because sometimes you can buy a really nice couch on craigslist yeah sometimes it, not so a, ca- a nice couch
2: it's a nice couch with butt bugs you know? yeah
0: <laughs> so what were those first few jobs coming in like how, how do you when do you start feeling oh this is this is the way or this is the professional now i'm i'm doing it for reals for real
2: I think that whole, I'm doing it for reals, for reals, well, there were a few phases of me thinking I was doing it for real, right. <laughs> but I think for me, when it really hit me was at some point last year, after seeing all of my progress, and like just who I used to shoot with, the quality of my work, and then getting signed to a major agency, and working with brands like Maybelline, and mac cosmetics who's one of my favorite clients to work with shout out to the mac team you guys are the best and working with brands like instagram and oh yeah i saw that
0: you showed up in my instagram discovery page
2: i did (laughs)
0: yeah you did oh yeah
2: because you were you did their um you did a
0: promo campaign for them did you not yeah yeah you did yeah if also i saw you do uh uh packaging design as well Yo, I saw that thing that you did post where it was you and, like, a floaty. Oh, you, my
2: gosh. It's <laughs> one of those random modeling
0: jobs. But but going back into that, though, um, so you have worked with, like, a lot of big brands like MAC, like Maybelline, Kleene, mm-hmm. Cos- uh, Cosmo, Allure, yeah. like you just talked about. Did you also do a Puma campaign? I
2: what? did. That was on Fifth Avenue. Yeah. That was fun. So
0: when all that stuff starts to come together,
2: okay, like,
0: what were the projects that were really, like, okay, now it's MAC, now it's Cosmopolitan, now it's Puma. What was the first grouping?
2: Okay. My first big paycheck was my first real modeling job that I got on my own before I even got signed to state. It was Caboodles with Simone Biles. And that was like me on set, Pier 59. I've only been there before for fashion shows and thinking, wow, those models are so cool. It'd be cool to be one. And the (laughs) next thing you know, I'm on set. Wow. Like Simone Biles and it's a whole real production and we're shooting and we have makeup artists and nail technicians. I'm like, Really? I can get my <laughs> nails done for free? No, wait, you're paying me to get my nails done right now. <laughs> oh. Okay, cool. Let's yeah.
0: do it. Wow. Um and then and then after that you're just in it, right?
2: No, it wasn't a, I thought I was, you know, I got my whole Equinox membership. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is it. I'm a model now. I'm making these big bucks. I, I'm getting paid to go to Equinox <laughs> on the regular. Oh, no, no, no. It does not work <laughs> like that.
0: So what came first? The the Simone Biles uh, project and then being signed or being signed and then Simone Biles. How, how does that What's the order there? Or it doesn't always so come in the same order?
2: It, I mean, I guess it's different for everyone. You know, I never had a mother agent um, like a lot of models do where there's basically an agent that helps develop you and then pitches you to different agencies. Uh, it's kind of just like been the learning on the go thing. But for me, it was Simone Biles first. Mm-hmm. I got that off of Casting Networks, which is like backstage for modeling. Got it. Um. On set for that. And then while I was on set, I ended up meeting models that were there. And I'm like, oh, you're signed to, at the time it was MSA. So you're signed to MSA and then you're signed to Bicoastal. You're signed to this, you're signed to that. And I was kind of just talking to the models that were there and finding out what agencies they were in and kind of just asking for tips. Mm -hmm. And I just did it. I was like, okay, fuck it. Um, So I, I went to an open call for state which used to be msa mm-hmm. and there were over 30 of us mm-hmm. literally two of us got a card and one of us got signed and Got it. Then, and then from there i started shopping around with other agencies as well and i was going non-exclusive i tried to sign with as many as i can to try to acquire as many clients as i can
0: two of you got a card and one of you got signed what does that mean yeah. getting a card like a business card a or? business card oh okay
2: yeah saying like Oh, we, we like your work. Um, reach out to us. We'd love to set up a meeting with you. Mm. And then I became friends with the other girl that also got the card. Mm-hmm. And she later on got signed, but that was like a year or two later. If but that's from a- that open call, I I was the only one out of like the over 30 of us that ended up getting a contract. And that's a
0: big moment, I suppose, yeah?
2: Is I, it? Guess. I I always thought that, that agency was too good for me. Like, I remember I used to see rates online of like 200, 300, $400. And I would think this is too good for me. (laughs) Like people really want to pay me that much money
0: to show up and, and look like me
2: and, and use my face. Like really? Um, so, I, I mean, it was, like, a different ballgame. Now someone sends me rates of, like, $400. I send it to my agent, and my agent laughs at me, and he's like, no, you're not doing this. Right. So it's like, okay. Yeah,
0: you shouldn't even leave the house for this.
2: Yeah, he's like, you're trying to waste both of our time now? No, we're not playing these games. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, for, for me at the time, especially given, like, my self-esteem and not knowing how far I could actually get with it, it was, it was a really big deal, and, and state has given me some of my biggest projects, like Puma on Fifth Ave, Yeah, That Was State, Maybelline, MAC Cosmetics, you know?
0: Yeah, totally.
2: So definitely a huge tipping point for my career.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Uh, I would love to to speak a little bit about uh, Asian beauty standards.
2: Oh, (laughs) haha. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure you have an opinion (laughs) and
0: I'm sure you have thoughts. Um, my personal take on it is that I think we're entering a really interesting space, not just uh, with the uh, with the current like renaissance of I think Asian presence within media mm. overall, but also now I think also. Uh, uh, because of the advent of Fenty, which allowed for nuance within beauty standards across the board with skin tone. Mm-hmm. I think Asian beauty standards now were starting to open up the aperture of what people do truly appreciate. Like, well, what are your thoughts on that? And like, how, how do you feel about... Because there was a time in a place uh, where a person that looked like you wouldn't be in this space.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: So what do you think's changed? And how do you think the, the industry is changing?
2: Well, I think one of the biggest things that's really changing the industry is the presence of social media and the shift from everything being bought in store to online. So before it was all about exclusivity, like these high fashion models are showing up to the scene and they're wearing all of these like really nice designer clothes and they're beautiful and no quote-unquote regular average person could ever look like that and the whole allure behind it was wow like I want to have that life in that lifestyle and then everything started shifting to online and girls like me who are five foot four <laughs> on my comp card <laughs> <laughs> really I'm five four <laughs> Um. <laughs> you know I, I saw you
0: walk by that ruler over there on your way and I can verify <laughs> yeah, you're
2: five yeah. foot four um would 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 go online and everything is being bought online I was not just in store and I'd see these beautiful models that are like five nine and above size zero to size two and I'd look at the clothes and I'd be like wow this is really pretty oh wait this cannot fit me because the fit measurements are completely wrong yeah and for people to buy things online, they need to feel like they can associate themselves with it. They need to be able to look at it and be like, Wow, that could be me. There needs to be some form of of relative to their lives. Yeah. You know, so now it's like you're not gonna reach colored markets if all of the things that you're putting up on, on your e you know, or yeah. like I mean if
0: it only looks like one type of person.
2: Exactly. And now it's like, okay, cool. Well, I want to see things that are going to fit curvier women. I want to see things that are going to fit more petite women. I want to see another Asian girl Mm -hmm. because I'm Asian. And I want to be able to know that if I were to buy that product, that it's going to fit me. Yeah. It's going to look good on on my skin.
0: Can I ask what your last name is? Is Pauline your last name?
2: Actually, Joanna Pauline is my first name. Yeah. Like my whole first name. Can I ask
0: what your real last name is? Bingol. Bingol. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Pingol, p i n g o l. Oh,
0: pingol, ping pingol, (laughs) pingol, pingol,
2: pingol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha.
0: And then I'm I'm Filipino. I'm, I'm, I sound like (laughs) an asshole. I'm sorry. No, you don't sound like an asshole
2: at all. It's it's hard to pronounce, especially since you know English doesn't have that sound.
0: It doesn't have, yeah. So it's. It's not as rounded.
2: Yeah. Here, when I say it Americanized, it's just like pingol, but really it's bingol.
0: Yeah. When you decide your name mm. when you go out there because mm-hmm. i did the similar thing where my la- my real last name is Tumung. it's not rich too oh yeah so it's richard francis Tumung. okay uh don't fucking steal my identity <laughs> <laughs> people out there um yeah
2: same with mine please no one knows my government <laughs>
0: <laughs> so i made that choice in the mid-2000s uh-huh. uh, when i started as an editorial illustrator and i wanted my first byline or my first credit in the new york times to be rich too and originally it was like rich too with a numeral i did that in a couple of magazines i was like oh i hate that
2: because i wanted to be cool <laughs> i know i know you can
0: you can laugh it's okay uh but then i changed it to rich Two tu and then that became more of like a business incorporation and became really my identity and it took a minute for my parents to even understand what i was trying to do create a brand and create a a persona for myself i mean this is going back you know more than 15 years now so when you made that choice, what was that like for you?
2: Well, originally, my name in the entertainment scene was Jade.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm nodding my head.
2: I know that's why I'm <laughs> laughing. You're also rolling your eyes to the back of your head while you're nodding. That's your not head. true.
0: That's <laughs> not true at no, all. No, that
2: is very true. <laughs> Those um, are, whatever
0: whatever name empowers you is the dope <laughs> name. That's all I care about.
2: Well, well, Jade was originally not even like oh an artist name. It was more of a I was I was going through this whole spiritual revolution. Um, yeah. And I went to a burning fest. And everyone had like... It's like like, a
0: Burning Man thing?
2: Yeah, but it's local. Local? It's just a
0: lot of weed and molly? (laughs) Mm,
2: Weed, molly, acid, ecstasy. Not that I did any of those, but it was a lot of it around. Understood.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was an energy.
2: Yeah. But it, it was like, it was super cool. It was the first time my mind opened up to a place where social constructs didn't apply and money didn't rule everything. Like there was no money allowed. And everyone had a... Because oh, it was
0: the barter system yeah. as per as per the Burning Man yeah. writer.
2: Like you could literally go around the whole campground at night when all the parties started with an empty cup and you could get drunk. Huh. Off of like people just filling up your cup and then waking up in the morning just showing up to a random camp and they're just like feeding you spaghetti. Hmm. They don't even ask for anything. Like, like, and that was the beauty of the scene. Was it? It was quote unquote a barter system, but no one really bartered everything because everyone just gave so freely that everyone just kept receiving. Yeah, um, that's I, cool. Yeah, it was so beautiful. It was. It was life changing, honestly. And everyone had a playa name because it was Playa del Fuego. That was the name of the local burn, and everyone had a Playa name, so I was like, okay, cool, I'll go with Jade, because that used to be, like, my secret name that I would give people when I didn't want them to know what my real name was, and I went through this, like, massive spiritual awakening and just started calling myself Jade to the point where everyone I knew was also calling me Jade, and... All of a sudden, I'm going back to school because I took a break for a semester and everyone started calling me Joanna again. And I was like, You're "Like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah it was so weird. I, I disassociated myself so much from my actual government name that it was like cringy to yeah. hear people call me that. I was like, what?
0: That's so interesting. Like,
2: who, who are you talking to? Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Um, and then I, I was doing music and my name was Jaded Shades for a bit. So it was just like, People was like, oh, I guess it's your artist name. And oh then, yeah,
0: that make, that makes sense. And then from I was, from the music lens.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then um, I was I was doing a show, and they were like, we don't like Jade.
0: <laughs> we you don't should... like Jade. Can you just change your name? By the way, like, go out there in five minutes.
2: <laughs> and we were like, they're like, yeah, can just stick to Joanna Pauline. It sounds so much more professional. And I was like, yeah. okay, well, Joanna Pauline, insert middle name here, being all, first off, no one can pronounce my last name. Okay, this is too long to write on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, Joanna Pauline is shorter. And also, I mean, it's more Americanized. So from a media standpoint, it's more marketable.
0: I remember when I, when I made the full switchover, my dad was like, oh, is Tumong not good enough for you? Mm. Is is the family's name not good enough for you? And I that was a bit of a piece of baggage I had to carry for a little bit. Yeah. But now when people use my real last name, it's usually when I'm at the DMV. <laughs> or <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Yeah. or if, sometimes they'll say like, oh, Tumong? Tumang," mang And mm. it is a bit weird to me to hear that in a workspace or something. Yeah. Or sometimes they'll just use it as a borderline pejorative to catch my attention and then I'll have to, you know, lightweight check them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's easier to navigate in the media world and the creative world when you have something that sounds more Americanized, like Joanna Pauline, especially when you're being pitched to clients, Yeah, as weird as that sounds. No, that doesn't sound weird. It's It's been a thing time and time again, especially in in the beginning of this whole media landscape when it was being shaped because... I mean people of color it's it was a different ball game for us and even when I first started off 3 years ago like it was a different ball game and now I don't know if there'd be a difference if I just went with my full first name or like threw on my last name on top right. of it There I might be know. a world
0: where your name would only be Pingol
2: Yeah but no uh,
0: that that's another that's an alternate reality
2: <laughs> Yeah uh, here in America Joanna Pauline just ended up working better i guess yeah
0: no it seems to be working right now pretty well <laughs> i want to talk a little bit about the subtleties of asian beauty and i'm, I'm going to talk about me for a hot second yes, when it please, comes to this yeah. i was always self-conscious of my filipino nose oh and it was and i remember i it was one of those things where no one really talked about it but uh, my aunties, my titas were always like pressing my nose. Yeah. Ma- um, Para uh,
2: maging matangos. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> like they, I remember whenever they came from the Philippines because we had a constant influx of new aunties and uncles, uh, they would always do, uh, they would always press my nose mm-hmm. in an attempt to, I'm pressing my nose right now, so why I sound like ever cold. Um, in an attempt to make it smaller. <laughs> yeah, Right? Um, or pointier. Pointier. It's
2: not, it's not about making it smaller, it's pointier. pointier it's yeah. like reshaping the cartilage.
0: Yes. But they were nose-shaming me, yeah. right? They made me super self-conscious about it. Yes. Um, and I always felt conscious, self-conscious about uh, my lips, too. No, but, but that was a me thing. It was my nose and my lips.
2: What about your lips?
0: Um, I, I, I just always thought that they, were, they looked weird on my face. They were just oddly proportional to all the features on my face.
2: You have a beautiful face. Oh, thank you. From you the nose a- to the lips and all of you it. You have
0: a beautiful face. <laughs> thank
2: I'm you. I'm
0: pointing to you. <laughs> Pointing right back at you the the working the living and working model in New York City.
2: we're just mirrors of each other
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah um, so and then when crazy Rich agents came out mm-hmm. last year or two years ago now I suppose, uh, there's that one comment from the grandmother talking about talking to Constance Wu about her austere nose. it, uh, it was a triggering comment for me
2: well, I definitely had a lot of nose shaping growing up as well. Yeah, let's my, talk about that. <laughs> my mom, when I was a baby, would always do the little nose massage so I could have a pointier nose. Right. You have um, a great nose. Thank you. Thank you. And maybe it's all the nose massages <laughs> growing
0: up from my mom. But, but scientifically speaking, that does nothing. <laughs> it literally does nothing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Apparently it works. <laughs> no, I'm
0: pretty sure that uh, it's not like a bonsai tree. Your nose would just end up being your nose.
2: <laughs> well, my mom is also. Uh, she has like parts Portuguese and like other European to her. Yeah, like my mom is everything, literally everything. So I think that's where like the pointiness of her nose came, and then it helped with the pointiness of my nose, but I have a weird nose, because it's like a button nose in the front, but yeah. if you look at it from the side, okay guys, I'm like turning to the side right now, <laughs> it's like pointy. Yeah, you know? it's, no. It's, it's a very diverse nose. Your, that's so,
0: that's <laughs> so interesting, your nose, it it is a diverse nose. It's, it's like an optical illusion. Yeah. Because from the side, from profile, actually, can you turn profile real quick? Yeah, yeah. From profile, <laughs> it yeah, it is pointy, but from the front, it is a bit button, but then oh yeah, huh? <laughs> Do your agents talk about that? No. Really?
2: I don't think they look into Asian beauty that deeply to be able to like tell the diversity that? of a nose and how it's different from most Asian noses. Yeah. <laughs> no, but
0: for real though, cause, be, because it, it's a very much a Southeast Asian thing. <laughs> you know it, but it's but it's so dope, and it's also what it's part of my perception of beauty standards, you know?
2: Can you turn profile for me? See, yours is pointy from the side, too. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I guess
0: it is. I don't look at the side of my face that often. <laughs> but uh, I a guess a mirror would show you. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, but but for me, it, my I was always made to think that my nose was weird because people were always shaping my nose.
2: Yeah, well, that's because of all of the European influence that is in Asia from like when they would come and colonize, you know. Yeah. I mean, having a pointy nose is a very European trait as well as having light skin. Yeah. And like most Asian countries, like the whiter you look in a sense, the more attractive you're deemed. It's it's between, I guess, wanting to be associated more of whoever's colonizing you, weird but okay, and to like that's the so whole That's so interesting.
0: Wanting class. to be associated with who's colonizing you.
2: I mean, that's essentially what it is.
0: That is essentially what it is. Yeah. You want to take on the the power or associate yourself with the power of the colonizer.
2: Yeah. And then another side of it is like a whole class thing. Yeah. The lighter skin you have, that means that you're more well off because you don't have to work in the fields all the time.
0: Right. Right and there is that whole uh skin lightener uh industry. Yeah. Over in, in Asia. The Philippines. In the Philippines especially. Yeah. I remember I was judging uh an award show, an advertising award show, and then they have a bunch of spots. But, you know, just be uh, like Asian Doritos or, or you know, a uh, Tsingtao uh, uh, beer or something, you know, essentially would be the the Asian or uh, Eastern counterparts of, of brands that I know from a Western lens. Uh, but then we were judging ads for Skin Lightener and that came up in the queue. And this is a group of of advertising and marketing creatives, right? Mm-hmm. Where we make the ads too. Mm-hmm. And then I remember we all thought like, oh, how do we judge this? Mm-hmm. Because for me, I'm thinking, I don't, I don't subscribe to this from a personal space, mm-hmm. but, but within, this is actually, yeah, 2019. Um, and I guess in 2020, there is, I, I suppose there is the empowerment of the self to want to, to change yourself in the way that you want. Um, in order to assume power through identity, or like how do you uh, manage a fluid identity in all the way uh, in all manifestations? Mm-hmm. But then when that identity, uh, fluidity, or that identity change is associated with class, mm-hmm. it makes it it makes it cringy for me. Is there a sense of because uh, I don't know on the modeling side, obviously, being in this industry you're involved in castings mm-hmm. and you're involved in bringing people in professionally we've worked in that capacity in some yes. sense uh and you know it's the unspoken secret of you bring you cast individuals in order to represent mm-hmm. communities demographic. and demographics that you're targeting. Yes. exactly right mm-hmm. so do you know do you talk openly about what you represent i'm more just asking for the uh behind the scenes of like modeling culture Do you talk openly about, like, I represent this, I look like this, so-and-so looks like this? No, not really? Mm, I feel like... Because we all think it, but we don't say it.
2: I feel like, honestly, when we see visual images, it's like whatever message is trying to be put out just gets subconsciously embedded in the viewer's mind. Yeah. Sometimes it's like people don't even realize what they're absorbing into their brain, but because it's been programmed into their brain so many times from so many different outlets, they, they've kind of just like, I don't know, I guess made these messages in their minds of whatever, like that would mean. It doesn't necessarily always need words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but like on my page, I'm always like, yeah, like being Filipina is dope. Being Filipina is dope. Like I, I love being Filipina um and it's always interesting being able to share an asian culture that isn't so like stereotypically asian yes um they they're always like confused at me they're just like were you just speaking spanish
0: <laughs> yeah the, the attributes of the colonizer
2: <laughs> like really i remember i remember i was in um 6th grade We had Spanish class for a year, and I would be sitting there in Spanish class, raising my hand as a good student should, and trying to participate, and I would be pronouncing all of these Spanish words with a Spanish accent, and everyone started bullying me.
0: Oh, weird. Why?
2: Because I was that little Asian girl that was trying to be Spanish, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) sitting in this room right now, la mesa, Celia, like,
0: yeah, down
2: the hall there's a freaking baño. Like this is this is all Spanish words that are native. Oh, not native, but like yeah, to, yeah. to our Filipino even kumusta, yeah, como esta, yeah. Yeah. Like,
0: como yes, como
2: esta? yeah, like what? And and here, like growing up in my private Catholic school, it was like a bunch of white people and a bunch of minorities that were all talking about how prideful they were to be more white, and then they were like shaming me for for trying to speak with a Spanish accent when literally that's my first...
0: Right, that's the thing. That's what you heard growing up. (laughs)
2: Yeah. like, Like, Tagalog is my first language. Yeah. And I'm here getting shamed because you guys in your minds think that whenever someone walks in and they have slightly chinky eyes, like, my eyes aren't even that small. Like, come on. <laughs> like, like, they have to be, like, stereotypical Chinese, stereotypical Korean, stereotypical Japanese. But right. really Within the construct. Within the construct. But then really stereotypical Asian here, especially in New York, like, Queens growing up, was yeah. always just Chinese. Yeah. So then, like, growing up, I, I actually ended up rejecting a lot of Asian culture mm. because of all of the bullying that was going on around it. And, and I never really realized it until I became an adult, like, why yeah. I shied away from so much of it.
0: There's a lot of uh, bullying and also there's the perception that you can just pick on Asian kids. Mm-hmm. And it's like we're, like, Asian kids are soft or something.
2: Yeah, like, we're, because, I mean, even or like our Or, like, model families, minority,
0: the myth of the model minority.
2: Yeah, I mean, even our culture, though, we're, like, we're, we're supposed to be submissive, you know, growing up, like, at least, at least for me, it right. was always a matter of, oh, who do you think you are? Don't act like that. Don't talk like that. Right. No, 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 no. Like, I had, I had, like, really strict conservative upbringing, but totally. I, I was, I was never allowed to be myself.
0: Do you feel like you're allowed to be yourself now?
2: I mean, yeah, I, but I, I, had to, I had to take that. I had to own that. I didn't really even fully know who I was until the past few years, and I'm still getting to know myself. Right. Because, always
0: a moving target, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, like, like even for me, like music has always been a dream. And I think one of the biggest reasons why, like, I'm still a little hesitant about it or, like, I can't fully let my voice go sometimes is because growing up, I would always try to sing, and everyone would keep telling me to shut up. They're like, stop, stop singing. You sound terrible. Well, no, no, see, no, 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 See, that's
0: weird in a Filipino family <laughs> to tell the kid to shut up when oh. there's karaoke everywhere, unless you didn't grow up with that.
2: I, I definitely grew up with a karaoke, but like it's different when you're singing with the karaoke machine and when you're just like singing nonstop oh, all day, singing, every day. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I mean, I get it. I was annoying. Or- <laughs> but still, like, let a girl sing. Well, fair. Let, let a girl sing. Let a
0: girl sing, but also, if you were, like, my cousin, I would be like, please shut up.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
0: I could see both sides of the argument in oh, that space. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, don't, I don't blame them, but still, it was a little stifling. Come
0: on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so I want to talk about social media pressure. and for (laughs) and for models and like what uh, you post frequently but also uh what is what is the pressure for the perception that you are and also i want to talk about fitness and the (laughs) perception of needing to be fit okay yeah uh can you speak a little bit about that and like what what the industry applies to you and then what you apply to yourself and also what you can actually do like could you in theory uh, change your body significantly and uh, change your brand does the uh, the does the uh, industry not allow for that? How much change can you incur?
2: Well, I think the beauty of social media is that you can be whoever you want to be. Yes, agree. um and i and I think also that's like one of the biggest shifts is like now more brands are starting to like, take a lot of influencers and be like, hey, I want to use you because you are exactly who you want to be and you embrace that and we like what you embody and we want to, like, use whatever you've built for yourself and, like, share that, whatever, whatever. Okay, cool. Um, (laughs) So social media is cool in the sense of you can be whoever you want to be, you can embrace that, and you can blast that to the world, to whoever might want to watch or they feel like it resonates with them. On the other side of it, there is a lot of pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure. Especially as a model, like showing up to castings, often a lot of people will hear, how many followers do you have? Mm. So if you're modeling full time, which is already a hard enough job, and your food in your stomach also correlates with the amount of followers you have on your Instagram account. Right. Like
0: and the posting doesn't pay all all the time. No,
2: it definitely For does the most it. part it doesn't. No. And then you're being gifted a bunch and you're just like, okay, cool, but then you'll go on set and you'll be shooting with like major companies and they'll be using it for their social media and you're just like, wait, so this brand wants me to take their products, produce my own shoot around it, but technically the same brand is paying other models and production companies thousands of dollars and they're getting paid what right <laughs> so it's like
0: <laughs> different strategy
2: yeah um
0: how often do you have to post
2: oh my gosh i mean Are you every day i used to post every day cuz cuz it was like a matter of like oh um the amount of traffic that's coming to your page and like people that want to work with like quote unquote influencers if you even want to call them that but technically that's like an industry term now are like oh we want to see how much traffic your page drives and like the demographic of who's actually watching you and this and that and your reach and you're just like wow so you're telling me if i don't post for a week there's going to be less traffic on my page which would also mean that i might not be able to get this job
0: yeah huh
2: but That's at the same one. yeah, but at the same time I'm kind of just like whatever about it. Like full transparency, I delete Instagram every day. <laughs> like it looks like I post a lot, but really I will hop on there, I'll make my post if I'm even posting that day, and then I'll delete it. Or yeah. like I'll be on set all day, so then I'll be like taking footage of that or whatever, yep,
1: yep.
0: and then some BTS.
2: Yeah, and then like I'll post that, or like I'll go to whatever fitness class I'm doing, yeah. or like like social media collaborations and like post on it, and then I'll delete it.
0: Yeah, I hear that.
2: Um, which is like completely opposite from what people think. Like everyone always like, oh, you're always on Instagram, like and and they know all about my life, and I'm like, whoa, how did you know that? Right, I posted, I completely forgot that. No, I'm actually not always on Instagram. Like <laughs> it's not on my phone most of the time. Right. Um. And there is a lot of pressure, and and that's why I delete it often, because a lot of the times, <laughs> because a lot of the times I'll I'll be on my feed and I'll be scrolling and I'll be seeing all of these gorgeous women living like their beautiful lives, and it's just like, wow, this isn't me right now. <laughs> Like, like, why am I not that beautiful woman with the beautiful landscape with the perfect chiseled body and like the perfect features of their face, and
0: don't you think that's a perception thing? They're probably thinking that about you too, right?
2: I mean possibly, you know,
0: possibly slash probably
2: sure um and and like that's like that's like the illusion of social media, you know, everyone's always doing something like sometimes i'm I'm just chilling in a robe at home, posting about a trip I just went yeah. on. Um, how, um, much,
0: how much are you allowed to change your look?
2: Uh, from a modeling sense, not at all.
0: Gotcha. Oh, really? So your comp card, you have to look like your comp card the yeah. second you show up. Yeah. So theoretically, you couldn't do like a bob cut,
2: no. hardcore. Not unless that company was paying me like 30 grand.
0: To cut your hair because I would change your look forever. I Permanently. Mean, or not for a, a long time.
2: I mean, I just, I just worked with um, Revlon, and they cut my hair like five inches, and then they dyed it red. Oh. And my agents were like, "No,
0: don't do that. That sounds like a lot."
2: Yeah, I mean, they did it, but I mean, they paid they paid a decent amount for it, sure. and then they had to um, reimburse me dyeing my hair back the next day. Oh.
0: But only the dyeing? they don't they don't account for the the lost five inches.
2: Well, they did. They did with my with my fee. So it, they were it, like, oh,
0: so that that's included in like a fee.
2: Yeah, yeah. So there it's like this was the base fee. Wait, you wanna cut off how much? Okay, well then they like What if they wanted to like change your eyebrows or something? It would just have to be really worth the money. Yeah. You know? Because you got dope eyebrows too. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it would it would have to be worth the money. Like it has to be justifiable. Yeah. You know? So like if they wanted to bleach my hair blonde and then give me a bob cut and pay me like thirty grand,
1: mm-hmm. okay,
2: sure. And then I can like invest in your portfolio or something, but even then I I might not be able to get work for a bit. Like it could, it could be a hit or it could be a miss. Like, and we would have to see if, if clients like that look, because for the whole point of my career so far, it's always been like this look. Yeah. Now, if you're a bigger model and you've had like your lengthy career for your supermodel or like a big actress or whatever, when you do drastic look changes like that, it's, it's like a little easier. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I'm on that level yet, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I am, and I just like well, I'm not way, thinking of it. You on know, the trajectory. Yeah, yeah. On the
0: trajectory for sure.
2: Yeah, but it's just like a different like media presence and different like, vibe, and like the the way that clients are looking at you are like different from like Miss Supermodel that decided to go for like a new edgy look, and she's on the red carpet, yeah. you know, like flaunting it, and then all of a sudden that creates like a whole trend, and the whole world starts cutting off all their hair. <laughs> You know, it's yeah. it's just, like, different.
1: No,
0: I feel that. I'd love to talk a little bit about Beauty for Freedom. Okay. And and your all the great work that you do to cause or to create awareness for uh, human trafficking, the, the plight of human trafficking. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yes. So, Beauty for Freedom is an amazing nonprofit organization that uses beauty, fashion, and art as a way to help survivors and at-risk youth of human trafficking kind of heal from all the trauma that's been caused to them, as well as teaching them new skill sets so they can use whatever they've learned through like the art therapy that they were being taught to, to be able to take on new jobs. Um, and it, they, they raise awareness for the issues that are going on. So as of right now, United States, Mexico, and the Philippines are like the number one countries for human trafficking. Um, and they've been they've been making all of these initiatives here in the US as well as in India and Ghana, which have been like their two biggest abroad projects like the past few years. Um, so the work that I do with them is basically I am one of the activists that help raise awareness for the cause by using the platform that I've built up to be like, hey guys, yes, this is a wonderful makeup brand and you can create all of these really cool looks, but just take a moment out of your time to realize that there's more going on in the world than just all of the superficial stuff that you see on Instagram all the time. Yeah, Like, there are children in modern-day slavery right now. No,
0: that's really amazing that you do that.
2: Yeah, well, I, I, I believe that when we have the ability to do something Mm -hmm. um, that can help make another person's life better, we should.
0: How can our listeners contribute to that and also give some funds if they want to contribute? Where can they go for that?
2: Beautyforfreedom.org
0: Beautyforfreedom.org So as we're winding down, Joanna, thank you for coming by. This is cool. I know it's a little bit last minute, but I was so stoked to have you here. Oh
2: my gosh, thank you for having me. Oh,
0: for sure. No, I love working with you. Love talking to you. Love enjoying your energy. Um, Is there anything that's coming up for you that you just want to throw out there? What can the listeners do to absorb more of your vibe and see uh, Joanna Pauline out in the world?
2: Okay, well, you can find me at the Joanna Pauline. That's Joanna with two N's. Um... As far as, like, what I'm looking forward to, I'm kind of just waiting to see what pops up. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm currently in acting school right now. Oh, So, it's that's been cool. a little bit harder to leave town. Yeah. But I am trying to go on some missions. So, cross my fingers that one of those will manifest this year.
0: That's really cool.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go with Beauty for Freedom to Ghana at some point this year. Because we, we have our initiatives over there with the... Art programs that mm-hmm. I was previously speaking about, um, and basically what we do is we stay out there for three weeks, and we kind of just like teach the kids how to make art and murals, and it's it's really cool. So that is really cool. I want to do that so badly. So if my school schedule permits, I would love to go. <laughs> um, but definitely, I don't know. Things kind of just like pop up.
0: Yeah. At the Joanna Pauline. Yeah. On IG. Yeah. Joanna, thanks for coming by.
2: Thanks so much
0: for having me, Rich. So that was Kadeem Hudson and Joanna Pauline. I love the idea of bringing all types of creativity to this podcast, so hope you appreciated that conversation. Uh, That said, you can find this podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast content please rate us and drop a review it helps spread the good word go to firstgenburden.com for all the episodes on Instagram we're at firstgenburden you can find me your host at rich underscore tu this is recorded at listening party you can follow them at at listening party presents also at canal street market that's at canal street market on Instagram thanks to Desgen for their support dropping every Monday see you guys next week bye